listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey friends, Jess here. We are in the middle of a podcast series we're calling COVID Confessions. We're hearing from women about what God is teaching them and what they're taking out of this season, what it's been like to experience him, to learn from him, to grow with him, to be encouraged by his word. And today we are talking to one of my dearest and kindest friends, Rebecca Smith. I love her so much. I love who God has made her to be. I love the very unique and beautiful mission that he has written over her life. Her new book, is essentially a guidebook for so many of us right now who are in this season. So I know you're going to be blessed by this episode and for sure by her book, A Better Life. What a gift today. I'm I'm beaming from ear to ear. If you're watching the YouTube video, you know that. You can see it. If you're listening to the podcast, you're going to have to listen to it in my voice. But I have a genuinely dear friend here today, Rebecca Smith. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit it into 25 minutes. <laughs> oh no, if we have it in us, but we could share it dry. Um, okay, so... I'd love for you to do just a quick bio for people. I'll fill in the blanks about the things I love about you and have gotten to watch God do in and through you over the years. But yeah, tell everybody who you are. Yeah. So I'm Rebecca Smith and we live, I have a husband and four kids and we live in the middle of Detroit, Michigan. And we run a custom handbag company here. We're on year 11 of that, which is insane to think about. So crazy. Mm -mm. We moved to Michigan, not planning to be here longer than two years. And now we're 11 years in and it's going to be it for us. We think you never know, but you never know. Don't. Better Life Bags is such an incredible company. It's such an incredible mission. It has been a deep joy watching you run it the last few years. I've, I would say we we must have met like eight years ago. I think nine so. years ago. It was really about eight years ago. I was pregnant with Cannon, and he just turned seven in January. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's been just such a gift to watch you run the business with heart and integrity and vision and passion and clarity and purity, all the things that have made a really worthwhile business. And now I've been so probably too invested in your career as an author. Um, I tell people all the time about the night that you were texting me about your potential book and I was playing putt-putt with my kids and I like, I knew like, shut it down, Connolly. pay attention to your kids. You're playing, but, but it's vacation. And I could not stop myself because I was just furiously texting because I was so excited to me. You're like the quintessential friend that I was like, she's got to write a book. She's mm-hmm. got to write a book. Um, so to just now be at a place where we're weeks out from that book launching. Yeah. But hold on. <laughs> it's also the book that like was written for quarantine. Which so crazy, right? God is so in control of everything. <laughs> As if we didn't know that. <laughs> cool to look at all the books that are launching yeah. around this time, like Stay or yeah. you know things about being strong and yeah, slowing down. It's really it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
So I want to talk about the book a ton. I want to, I want to even just touch on this though, because I, I know a lot of the gals who listen to this podcast are interested in maybe writing a book one day or pay attention to, you know, a lot of, a lot of women pay attention to what authors we have on, et cetera. And I've been having a lot of conversations with my publisher and I've said, you know, I'm really grateful that I wrote Girl for the Job before quarantine. Like I'm grateful people have it for quarantine. I'm grateful that they can work through it. I would be devastated if it came out during quarantine. And I, I did have a book come out at the beginning of quarantine, but I, I, it was okay. I was fine with it. But this is like the book that if, that if everybody was like, I wish we had a book. Like, I wish we had a book to like guide us through this. It's like, oh, hold on. Rebecca already wrote it. Can <laughs> I tell you though that I did not think that at the beginning? So once oh. quarantine hit, I was so bummed out. Let me show you the book cover that yes. I came into the kitchen and see the chocolate smears that my one-year-old did. Oh, it looks like poop, doesn't it? A little looks bit. Like yeah. I came in and I was already fighting this lie that nobody's going to want to read a book right now called A Better Life because everybody's life sucks. Like it feels like it's, you know, like this life, like nobody wants to pick up a book called yeah. A Better Life. And so when I saw this poop smeared, which really is chocolate cover, I was like, yep, that's right. This is yeah. a poop book. But that was, yeah, the more I've like done interviews and like yeah. gone back and revisited what I wrote before the quarantine, I was like, there's no, this is the perfect time for a book yeah. about, yeah, seeing God's big overarching story in our life and through the good and the bad and slowing yeah. down. And yeah, so I'm excited about it now, but it was not at the beginning. <laughs> well, the subtitle of the book is slowing down to get ahead, which is like genuinely it's like feels what God has prescribed for many of us right now. And the most emotionally, mentally, spiritually mature thing we can do in response to this is say like, okay, we have to stay home. We have yeah. to slow down. How can we use that to get ahead? And what does get ahead even mean anymore? Like, how can we do that to impact the kingdom? Which I just want to say, it's so prophetic. It is genuinely prophetic. I read the book before, you know, I read endorsement for it. I read the book before any of this happened. And I've read parts of it again since. And it is so wildly prophetic. Just that God let you walk through a lot of the tensions that we're walking through right now. And mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful it was you. I'm so grateful mm -hmm. it was your voice. I'm so grateful that you had compassion for your reader when you wrote it. Because you're, you're such a gentle writer and such a kind writer and such a kind author to like shepherd people through it. So a better life. Gosh, thanks. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah, let's try. <laughs> so that, that would be my first question. Like, yeah. yeah, genuinely, how do you feel about it coming out right now? How do you feel about the message? Like I said before, like at first I was like, shoot, like a better life. This is not a better life. Nobody would pick this, what we're going through. Nobody would choose for this situation to be what it is. But yeah, all of the chapters, like slowing down to get ahead is one huge theme through the whole book, but all the chapters of like lean in to the hard times and make U-turns when yeah. things don't seem to be going right. Like this I feel like businesses and people have had to pivot a million different times yeah. during quarantine to make things work and to figure out what's going on. And so I feel like the lessons that are in each chapter are so, I'm so excited for people to start reading it. Like it's so weird to have written it and now the world is going to get to read it. Whereas mm -hmm. before it was just me and a handful of people, you know, but yeah, yeah it feels really weird. Does it, doesn't this time feel a little bit like Noah's Ark? Like 
God is doing something that the whole, it's affecting the whole world. Yeah. I can't think of a time in our lives where that has been the case. Maybe World War II was like the last time Mm -hmm. that something affected the whole world. And I just, God is doing something. I have no idea what it is, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like, it's obvious that he's doing something and he needs us all at home right now for Mm -hmm. some for some reason, he needs churches online for some reason. Mm-hmm. He needs schools, everyone to homeschool for some reason, you know, like it's just yeah. really, there's, it's never been more clear to me that God has a story um, and a big overarching plan. And, um, and we don't get to know what it is, but we get to live like the day in and the day out of it um, yeah. and kind of discover it as it goes. But yeah. yeah. It's so interesting. I appreciate that you say like, we've never been through this. I I feel the same way. And, and sometimes people will be like, well, I mean, yes, but like there was the Spanish flu. I'm like, well, A of all, I wasn't there for that. So I don't know about how that went. And B of all, what makes this so different is not just that we're all at home and not just that it impacts everyone, but that we're also more connected than we've ever been. Yes. Like, yeah. And so I'm like, nothing about this is normal. And there's there's got to be some ways that we can utilize that this these new forms of connectivity while also having a stiller, smaller life, quieter life. That's yeah. got to be helpful or purposeful in some way, shape, or form. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Let me jump off the book for a second and just say, like, how are you guys doing? How's your family? How is business? Like, how are you? How has it been for you the last few months? Yeah. Um, now we're what, like seven weeks in maybe. So now it feels routine and normal and like the calm of the storm a bit has, has settled the beginning, the first couple of weeks, everything changed so quickly for everybody. But it was like one day kids were in school one day. Now we're all homeschooling. One day I was allowed to go into work. The next day I was not allowed to go into work and I had to figure out how am I going to keep paying everybody? How do we Mm -hmm. keep orders coming in? Um, So I pivoted. I felt like in those first weeks I made so many life-changing decisions for that affected so many people mm-hmm. more in those two weeks than I had in my entire 37 years of life, you know, like, yeah. so that felt heavy and stressful. And, um, Neil, um, my husband was in paramedic school mm-hmm. and they just took him right out and put him on ambulances. And so he went from not really working to now ha- like working a full-time job on, on night shift where he's, like treating COVID patients every night. And I'm like, okay, my family's no longer in a safe bubble from yeah. this virus of whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a lot of fear and anxiety and then, and then settling into there's a story, there's a purpose, like God is in control. It may look like he is sleeping on the boat in the middle of a storm. And we're like, wake up, Jesus. Like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. But he's not asleep. You know, right. he, even if it appears that he is asleep, he mm-hmm. is awake and he is more in control than ever. And yeah. um, so now I'm kind of easing into a stage of kind of enjoying this a bit. Mm. And I'm probably going to go through an, um, when it's over a little bit of mourning of, you know, life resuming back to the pace that it was before. And yeah. So yeah, lots of things. (laughs) Are there parts of the pace? Are there pieces of the pace or even like rhythms or things he's taught you or shown you that you're like, this is coming with me. This doesn't stay here. Like this has to come through. 
One thing I have really enjoyed is um, personal boundaries are not awkward right now. You know, like the, the boundary of saying no, like I can't go, we can't do, I don't know, whatever your boundary is, sports on a Sunday, or we can't, family night is Friday night, we can't go to your birthday party. Like those are not awkward right now because everybody has to say no. Yeah. And so I don't quite know yet. Like I'm still asking God, like, what do you want? To, what do you want me to bring into like the next season that we've learned? Um, I will say that's one thing we've, our family's been somewhat good at is boundaries, but they've always been awkward. And I've really loved this time when everybody has, has to say no. We're all kind of in this weird collective fasting from things together, yeah. you know? So I, I, per, I also am processing this right now, but it did feel like a fast, you know, like a mm-hmm. sugar fast. Those mm-hmm. first couple weeks of quarantine felt just like when I've done a 40 day sugar fast. And now like the hump is over and I'm kind of in the groove of it, but I loved leaning on God. So Mm. deeply in those hard weeks now that it's over, you know, like, um, so those times are good of fasting and taking things away that are so comfortable for us. So yeah, I don't know exactly what's going to go with me, but, uh, I think I'll figure it out. Those are some things I've been enjoying and yeah, working through. I love that. So good. I love the thing about boundaries not being awkward anymore. You're you're very right. I, the way I always say it is, I, I always say that, you know, saying no is very unsexy. We're all about saying no if it's an Instagram post, like women yes. should say more no. But then the when I say no to people, they're like, oh, yeah. so you, so you like think you're better. And I'm like, no, I just like, I just need rest. I just got to sleep. Like, I just have a family. I just have four right. kids. Like, no, I don't think I'm better. I just need a, to be a human. <laughs> so, um, I, I hope same. I hope it, I hope it stays. It's insane to me that we wouldn't be saying no every day because we're offered so many things every day, even now in quarantine, like even now in quarantine, just crazy to me. Like it, I feel like I'm not healthy if I'm not saying no every day. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so to carry, like, we are, we're understanding now when people say no, because we're like, yeah, yeah. you have a lot on your plate. Absolutely. But I understand. When, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when the world's normal, we don't understand when people say no. Cause we're like, well, why not? Like, why can't you do that? Um, <laughs> you know, that did yeah. my preconceived like perception of what you would do or who you are. And right. Mm, yeah. That's really interesting. That's really good. you have probably heard me talk about how much I love seeing a licensed Christian counselor. If you've listened to the podcast for long, and I'm really excited today to tell you about a new partnership that we have. We have partnered with faithfulcounseling.com to get you an incredible discount on your first month. If you need to speak with someone in this season, they have over 3,000 licensed counselors across the U.S. that are available for video chat or phone sessions or even texting sessions so that you can get licensed, professional, faith-based counseling right where you're at. 
They work with women who are struggling with depression or stress or anxiety, sleeping issues, crisis of faith, trauma, family conflicts, and they don't just work with women. So if you need to tell a man in your life about this service, we want you to absolutely. They have financial aid available for those who qualify and need help. It's convenient. It's professional. It's safe. It's secure. And again, it's all faith-based. I want to encourage you to go to faithfulcounseling.com com slash go and tell to get 10% off your first month if this sounds like something you need. Okay, so let's say it's May and a gal gets your book and she's super blessed because it obviously meets her right where she's at. And she, one thing you guys should know about a better life, one thing that I love about it is it's like a mix of personal memoir and like encouragement and admonishment. And so number one, that makes it very entertaining. You can read it in a day easy. You're going to want to take longer and go back and, and underline things. But so let's say she like rips through it. She's so blessed. What do you want her to do after she mm. reads it? Like she closes the last page. What's your best life now hope that she like goes and does what? Oh, that's a good, good question. I feel like I want someone to finish the book and take a deep, like, like enjoy it. Like, you know, those books that you close and you're like, oh, that was good. Like, I didn't want that to end one, two, I want them to see their life as so purposeful and so unique to their specific world. I talk a lot in the book about um, keeping our eyes on our own lane, you know, not trying to hustle after what we see other running mates doing, but just knowing that God has a path and a journey for each one of us. And we're all on our own individual lanes and we can't run in the lane of another person and we can't run at the pace of another person. And so the story, like the memoir through the book is just God's journey of adventure and discovery mm-hmm. and of the business. I never planned for there to be a business, but there is a business and what he had, like these little surprises that he had for me along the way. And I just want every woman to know that they have their own adventurous plan too, that God has planned and made for them before they were born. And we just have to walk on our own path. It's not a race. It's not who finishes first. It's we all, we all finish and we all just do what's on our lane that God has planned for us in advance. Yeah. Yeah, Just, just seeing our life is this like choose, not even like a choose your own adventure. It's probably not the right way, but kind of like just, we're discovering what God's plan is and his beautiful adventure for our life. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you talk about mission as adventure. That's one thing I just massively pray for our generation at large, that we would begin to perceive mission as adventure because I don't know, Nick and I were on a vacation a few years ago and Nick loves being adventurous. I do not love being adventurous. He's like an apostle by nature. He loves doing things that like maybe you could die doing. Um, <laughs> that's not my best life now. <laughs> so You're like on a beach with a book. Is that kind yes, of yours? Please. <laughs> yes, please. Like, please. yes, like, like a nicer beach. Like he, he, even, even like the way we go to beaches are different. Like he wants to go to an abandoned beach that no one knows about like without a chair and I'm like okay but a chair would help and like there's no bathrooms here you know so like that's how we're different so we were actually having like that exact vacation I mean that really did happen we like went to an abandoned beach and I was like (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but one of the things he wanted to do on that trip was go cave diving. Okay. And I mean, we were just being so adventurous. We had gone cave diving. We had gone and like explored like Mayan ruins. Like we were like getting after the adventure. We were going this cave diving like expedition where you had to do the snorkel and the whole oh thing. Gosh. And I know he's like alive. He is like coming alive. He's so happy. He's so thrilled. And we, we just let this really intense conversation about like couples that go on adventures together. And I was telling him like, I, I am bummed for our generation because I feel like there's this perception that like cave diving is the most adventurous thing we can do. But like to some degree that's consumeristic. It's not cultivation. It doesn't yeah. like it's, it might be thrilling. You might feel like you, you're going to die, but it doesn't actually leave anybody better. Yeah. You just consume what you saw. And so that's not to say we shouldn't go cave diving. I don't really ever want to go again. again. So bless anybody who does, but he and I were just talking about our marriage. We were just saying like the healthiest, safest years of our marriage have been the ones where we were just up against the wall, up against each other. Like we describe it like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in that yeah. movie when they finally like team up and they're looking around and they're holding their guns up and they, all they have is each other. And I'm like, that's how like the best parts of our marriage have felt even adventure wise, just being like, this might kill us, but like, we're going to bless somebody in the process. You know, like we might be done for when it's all over. And I've just seen that all over your life. Like the mm -hmm. last 10 years, I've just seen you up against the wall for the good of others and God's glory. And even in writing this book, like I've, I felt like even if we weren't like actually talking about it, there would be times I can remember things you wrote on Instagram where I was like, man, she is going through it. Like she mm -hmm. is working it out. For the good of others. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. just so thankful. Hmm. So, I mean, that's also a prayer. I would say that I have that when people finish the book that they realize, number one, they might be in their houses, but adventure isn't over. Yeah. You know, like it's just getting started and we've got a world to rebuild after this. Yeah. And we can do that with purpose and vigor and excitement and slowness and, mm -hmm. you know, a more tempered pace. Mm-hmm. But it can well, be adventurous. When you were describing this, like up against a wall, side to side with your husband, like mothering feels like that so mm -hmm. many times mm -hmm. for me. Like, oh, yeah. I am up against a wall. I can't do this anymore. Like, I need out. And yeah, God always provides some sort of relief. And yeah. I see some, he, yeah. So motherhood is like one of those abandoned islands to, for me personally, you know, it's not something that I would choose to love, but yeah, God has purpose and mission for it. And you're right. Like our kids, can you imagine? I just keep thinking about the fact that our kids are going to be like, remember that one time when we were all stuck in our house for however long, like, yeah, <laughs> I just think what, what are they going to remember about this time? And and how's it going to shift them? I mean, sometimes I feel nervous. Like sometimes I'm like, man, you guys are going to be so weird. <laughs> This is over. <laughs> I had a friend tell me that she's terrified her kid is going to be like, like scared of being dirty because you know, she's just, they're just vigorously washing hands and like, oh, she's like, I'm yeah. just a little worried. He's going to like have a weird 
understanding of what what's a normal amount of clean you know I was like that's true really might have helped my kids to be yeah. like they were pretty <laughs> mine needed to be washing their hands more <laughs> yeah but when I when I'm in my best place about it and I'm not feeling scared when I'm in my best place about it I get very prophetic and feel wild beautiful things for the, for yeah. the years to come I think like they're gonna understand spiritual disciplines like my kids knew my husband read his bible they knew mm-hmm. I read my bible they are physically watching us go after God because mm. we need Jesus. Yes, <laughs> more know? than ever. <laughs> more than ever. So like more than ever, I was I was telling, you know, it's like funny how perspective shifts. Like six months ago, if, if I was reading my Bible and my kid interrupted me, like the good mom thing to do would have been like, be like, oh, what's, what's up, babe? Tell me what you need. And I'm like, I need Jesus. I, I have 12 more minutes to read my Bible. You've got to let me read my Bible. Like that's the best thing I can do as a mom. It's like Paw Patrol can wait. Yeah, twelve minutes, like twelve minutes for me to hear from God. Just chill. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like my kids are gonna have such a different perspective on spiritual disciplines, really, than they ever had before. You know, yeah. and they're gonna watch us shepherd ourselves through grief in ways that they had never had to before. That's going to be really interesting. So th- those are just like the tip of it. You know, I'm like, I think it's going to change, change them in so many ways for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I so, agree. It'll be interesting, really interesting to see. Okay. To end, how can we be praying for you? How can we be praying for the book launch and any, any thoughts about like what's next for you after this, after the world starts turning again, after the book comes out, those are three, really three questions. How can we be praying for you? How can we be praying for the book and what's next for you? Maybe do what's next for you first. First. Okay. Gosh, I don't know. I have ideas. We we've pivoted with the business. We are not allowed to make bags right now. So we started a boutique where we've been like wholesaling other ethical and fair trade and handmade artists. And that has been so fun. So I would love to keep that going a bit afterwards but yeah I'm excited to get back to making bags too um turns mm-hmm. out bags are not essential you know but you're we're kind of like aren't mm-hmm. really like, sure. <laughs> although when is the last time I've carried a purse is it's been like eight weeks since this I've so true. I guess that's I get it really yeah that's an interesting thing I don't I don't know if I've seen a purse for right I know <laughs> yeah I know that's a good point yeah I mean I I'd love to write another book I really did enjoy the whole process yeah it was really fun I enjoyed it more than I thought I would I have a few ideas floating around but nothing okay. down on paper so yeah. we'll see I love it Yeah. So prayer, I think specific, the first thing that comes to my mind is just that I would grow in motherhood during this Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something that comes easy or natural for me. And I am now with my kids all the time. Like there's no break, you know? And so I want to learn lessons and I want, I want this to be a sweet time that my kids look back on and don't remember me screaming every day, you know? So yeah, just, just wisdom on how to do that and how to love them well, my kids. And then the book, I just want it to land in the right hands, you know, like whoever God wants to read this book, I just want them to be able to have access to it. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So good. Thanks, so friend. Good. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for this book. You can get a better life on Amazon. You can get on barnesandnoble.com. All the regular places you would buy books online. Don't go to the bookstore and get it just yet. Not Wait yet. just a little bit longer until it's safe where you're at and you'll know when that is. And then go to the bookstore and get it. Get a second copy for a friend and take it to them because you miss your friends. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we love you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love you too, friend. Thanks. Thanks.